Today's program is brought to you by the Museum of Food and Drink, sparking curiosity about food with exhibits you can eat. For more information, visit mofad.org. You're listening to Heritage Radio Network. We're a member-supported food radio network broadcasting over 35 weekly shows live from Bushwick, Brooklyn. Join our hosts as they lead you through the world of craft brewing, behind the scenes of the restaurant industry, inside the battle over school food, and beyond. Find us at heritageradionetwork.org. Hey, 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 welcome to Beer Sessions Radio on the Heritage Radio Network. Hey, I'm Jimmy Carboni from Jimmy's Number 43 and the Good Beer Seal, and today is Tuesday, May 9th, 2017. We've got some great guests with us today as we talk about Queen's Beer Week, and we've got Richie from Bridge and Tunnel Brewery. Amen. How are you? And Kaylin from Long Island City Beer Project. Hello. And later we'll be talking with Jake from uh, Jake's Handcrafted about grilling and sausages and beer pairings. Hey, Jake. Hey, Jimmy. So we're going to have a lot of fun. And the, the big part of this show is that it's Queen's Beer Week. You know, there's a lot of uh, outrage out there and conversation because the Anheuser-Busch InBev Group has, been, has bought up another brewery. But we'll, we'll cover that later. But really, this show is mostly about the small guys and, and trying to highlight, you know, who actually is craft and, and, and who's coming up. So that's what we're going to focus on today. Check us out at beer underscore sessions on Instagram. So here we are, man. We're going to, um, you know, hang out and celebrate. And uh, welcome to the show. So, Jake, you know, it's your first time on. Um, I've been a big fan of you as a chef and your sausages. So tell us a little bit about, uh, you know, how you got started as a chef. And we'll be tasting some of your sausages later in the show. I grew up cooking. My stepfather's a food writer. And I was an incorrigible child. Always, always, always grounded. Therefore, always testing recipes every weekend, and that's kind of where I got my chops and started in the business. That's great. And your place, Jake's Handcrafted, do you also sell beer there as well? All the craft beers. That's awesome. And then, Richie, for you, Bridge and Tunnel, you know, last, we've had you on uh, ever since you started. Yep. You're out and fully open up in Ridgewood and Queens. How's the, uh, the Queens Beer Week doing for you? It's been good. It's uh, We had a great opening event, and uh, we've had handful of events this week and uh, a can jam on on saturday at uh bronx uh brewery uh sunday we're going to have a uh, a wart share at my place at the tap room for uh, home brewers a wart share yeah we're yeah. going to produce as many home brewers come down we'll produce five gallons for each person and then they walk off with uh five gallons to finish up at home and then a month later we that's do a, fascinating have you yeah. ever heard of that caitlin a wart share i have not so you're saying basically you've got your beer kind of cooked out and they're going to take it and ferment it we're going we're gonna to do everything right on the spot so we did it last year uh but we started early before anybody got there so we knew how many people were coming and i think we made like 200 gallons and then uh you know got brought it by the time people were coming it was going from it was basically sparging we were gathering the wort and when we got to our 200 gallon mark we started dropping it into stainless steel cornies and calling people's names out they had each of their uh kegs labeled and uh my kids were on a microphone calling the names out being obnoxious <laughs> about it and uh you know in the end we had a good you know a month later everybody brought beers back that were all the whole gamut of styles all made from one you know base malt that we you know base work that we distributed everything from ipas to you know saisons caitlin for you guys long Island city beer project what are you doing for queen's beer week uh well we participated in the opening bash um 
we have we, we will be sending cans to the uh isn't that rockaway not bronx the, rockaway yeah um but we have a big event going on as well so we won't have anyone representing but uh yeah it's been great it's been and jake's jake's we got your, we got your hot your sausages ready I'm about to bite into one. What is it? That one's a Browers classic. Lots oh, yeah. of maize, ginger, black pepper. You're doing some cool stuff. It seems appropriate to me <laughs> to be feeling this. And I thought for Queensbury, why not have you know grilling and and beer and you know celebrating what what this is really about to me, eating and drinking. But you got some great flavors. You're you're one of the more interesting, innovative sausages makers. I mean. You've made things like Cuban and Japanese-inspired sausages. Yeah, bratwurst is probably the only traditional sausage we make. Everything else is out of the box and super creative. What I brought today, we did a chicken mole poblano. We've got uh, our version of a, it's called a Brooklyn hot link. It's kind of a take on a Chicago hot link. It's a smoked, spicy Italian sausage studded with mozzarella with a little bit of marinara sauce. We've got a smoked ham and cheese with some orange and clove. All really good beer food. So the one that's oozing cheese is probably the, the ham and cheese. There's two. One's okay. got cheddar, one's got mozzarella, and then we have a double smoked brisket studded with burnt ends. This is how I'm celebrating Queen's Beer Week, guys. <laughs> with Jake's Sandcrab. So, uh, Richie, what beer are we drinking? We have uh, it's a New England-style IPA sure. that um, we brewed uh, with bagels in the mash. And uh, we were kind of having some fun with it at the opening event, telling people, you know, giving the whole description, oh, it's a New England style, but we're being a little silly about it. And with the bagels and the mash, we're calling it a New York IPA. And people were like, yeah, I'll try that. So bagels and the mash. Yeah. So what is it about putting flour in or other, other you know, ingredients to make well, it cloudy for the New right. England style of IPA? Yeah, it's just starches. A lot, a lot of breweries are using different types of starches to create a permanent haze. And uh, I figured, why wouldn't bagels work? And they did, <laughs> you know. And uh, and we just thought it would be f- we just thought it would be fun, you know. You know, for styles, uh, I heard that um, New England IPA is a, an official style of BJCP now. Is that right? Yeah, I didn't know that. But I think that is that more controversial. I'm not too worried about ABN, but isn't it more controversial that, that that they're just creating new styles? Or you think that's appropriate for what you guys are doing? Well, you know, it's I mean, it's a style bender. Because it's actually not brewed with hops, so you know it's an IPA. So it's but it doesn't really follow the definition of what an IPA originally was. So, but at the when, after it's fermented, then it's dry hopped, um, and that's where you get all the hop flavor and aroma. But I, I mean, I don't know if it's controversial. It really is a nice tasting style, you know. And I guess how th- that's how things evolve, you know. Yeah. So, Jake, what kind of beers do you have at uh, Jake's Handcrafted? We rotate a lot. Um, <clears throat> We try and represent all the styles and make room for everybody in the local beer community. I'm eating the brat first. You guys should have some, too. Right now, we... As you eat them, Jake will say what you're eating. That's a brat. Um, right now, um, our crowd favorite happens to be the Innerborough Halftime. That's just super sessionable and crushable. Jesse's a really nice guy. Great team. And they do lots of interesting stuff. Where are you located in Brooklyn? We're, in, uh, we're on 15th Street and 5th Avenue in South Slope. South Slope. And then, Caitlin, so um, how, how's uh, Queensbury going for you guys? It's going really well. Yeah. Um, yeah. We, again, we just participated in the opening bash. You know, we really, I think Queensbury Week is more about everybody promoting their tap rooms and really getting everybody to do the loop in Queens because um, everything is really easily accessible to one another. 
Um, and then we have the closing bash on Saturday. So give us a list of the, the you know the key Queens breweries that are out there now. I mean, we know Bridge and Tunnel. We know Long Island City Beer Project. We got a whole list, Rich. We got well, we got enough local orders. Ten of us now. It's uh, want to hear it? All right, so we got Big Alice, Bridge and Tunnel, Descendant Cider, Fifth Hammer, which is coming, uh, Finback, Iconic, Long Island City Beer Project, Rockaway, uh, Single Cut, Transmitter, and then hopefully by next year we'll have two more, which is going to be Queens Brewery and Evil Twin. Wow, man. That's amazing. Yeah. Yeah, Evil Twin's opening up in Ridgewood, right? Yeah. So, Caitlin, you're new to the show, so I'll ask you some basic I questions. Uh, what train did you take to get here? Was it hard getting out here to Bushwick? No. Um, I would have taken the F to the L, but I was running late, so I took an Uber. Um, but yeah, no, I don't. I don't live far from over here. Yeah, where do you live? I live in Ridgewood. Oh yeah, that's not yeah. so bad. No. And how did you get? How did you start working at Long Island City Beer Project? What's your job, too? I am the Brooklyn Queens rep. Um, I've been working in beer for a while. I was a buyer. Um, worked at another brewery for a little while, and really just love what LIC Beer Project is doing. It's what I love about beer. It's a passion project, and you can tell that um, just by meeting those guys, and I'm happy to be part of it. We had Dan on. It's Dan's name, Acosta? Acosta, yeah. And uh, Damon? Yep. We've had them on before. Um, what are some of the beers that you have out right now that, that people should be jiving on? Um, you know, we're making a lot of IPAs right now, but... Where the heart of the brewery is, is, uh, you know, Belgian-style beers, mixed fermentation. We have the first cool ship in New York City, which is very exciting to me. Um, right here I have a bottle of a Form and Matter, which is a mixed fermentation farmhouse, aged on peaches in um, oak Chardonnay barrels for a year, then in the bottle for, I think, about eight, nine months. Wow. Do we have glasses? Yeah, well, we have our own glass. We'll put um, is this the first time you've tasted it, or have you tasted this before? I tasted it months ago. Um, yeah. I, before I talk about it, I'd like to taste it again. All right. And then, uh, so Jake, what, what's your take on uh, pairing, you know, sausages and beer? Or do you feel like your, all your sausages go with all beers? I think they go with all beers. But, of course, there are some that work better with others, different styles. <clears throat> it's funny you were talking about new style beers. What we kind of do is try and take the old and make it new and make the new holy. It's like <laughs> make them holy. Yeah, you know, it's like we do take a lot of takes on classics. Like the smoked ham and cheese would go really well with like a hefeweizen, like orange and clove, and that would be a really perfect pairing for that. Um, chicken mole poblano would go really well with like a nice pilsner, something crisp to wash down all that spice. Double smoked brisket, a great lager. Just sit back, drink, eat, have a good time. You're a very innovative sausage, but you guys should grab Richie and Caitlin. Have a bite of the sausage because it's really I good. Have a knife. I do not oh, eat meat, but thank you. He's got bread and onions. Yeah. And what's your full setup? So, like, you've kind of got this sausage tasting plate. Well, some of them go are like by themselves. Like the double smoked brisket is great. It's got burnt ends, standalone, some mustard, hot or sweet, whatever your preference. Um, the Brooklyn Hot Link. We have a tangy, smoky tomato sauce. Uh, the mole poblano, of course, has mole sauce, crema, onion, lettuce. So it's a compl- it's like chicken mole poblano, but wow. in sausage form. You know, it's, it's interesting. This is the first time any chef's ever cooked food at Roberta's Kitchen and brought it on air. They were why, very, very But why good. didn't you just cook it at your place and bring it over? Why did you want to cook it on site for the show? So they're warm and juicy and succulent. That shows the dedication. 
You know, Richard, you're a, you're a DIY guy. You know, you, when I, you've met, made your first brewery, and you're still working hands-on on everything. Yep. Uh, how do you, what do you appreciate about a guy like Jake? I mean, he's got his attention to details, yeah. cooking on the spot. Yeah, no, I, I, I can appreciate that uh, very much. I mean, the, particularly, you know, with the attention to detail and having the best product that you could bring out. I mean, I can, I can relate to that, you know, big time. Um, yeah, you guys should take everything once. We are, but what else is on your? You have this tasting plate that's cool. So, how do you recommend people serve your sausages when they're drinking beer? You got mustard, you got onions. What do you What do you have over there? We got a little bit of everything. Some of them, like obviously, the mole sauce goes with the mole poblano. We have hot mustard, sweet mustard, a curried ketchup that we make at the restaurant. Whatever's your pleasure. Great. That's new to me. I, n- I never thought of like you know sausages as this focused meal, but I can I can dig it. You know, do you have a vegan hot dog or anything? We do. See, oh, you do. Did you we bring one for Caitlin? I did not. I didn't. I wish realize. you did. Yeah. So, Caitlin, what do you eat? I mean, do you eat Lots fish? Do you eat chicken? No, I'm vegan. So totally vegan. Totally vegan. So, what 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 for you is a good vegan pairing with with beer? Um, depends on the beer. Depends on depends on the beer. Depends on. I guess the mood I'm in. I feel like with beer and food pairing, there's more of what not to do than what to do. You know? What do you mean by that? You're, you're going to want to complement flavors, not overwhelm anything. Um, and also, it for me, it depends on my mood, where I am, what, yeah. what I'm kind of looking for. Well, the beer you, you just gave us, tell us the name again. So it's Long Island City Beer Project. So this is called Form and Matter. It's very nice. It's sour. Yep. It's a mixed fermentation farmhouse. So it's a blend of a rye saison and a one of our cool ship beers that was aged in oak chardonnay barrels for a year on whole peaches. Yeah. So what? Yeah. let's say you went home or you're going to a favorite restaurant. You're going to have a vegan food item. What would you pair with this right now? I don't know. Um, Shishito peppers? Uh, definitely something, something. something lighter. Maybe like a nice grain and mixed vegetables. Nothing to overwhelm it. It's a very delicate beer. Um, That's really. What do you think of this beer, Richie? And also, he's one of my favorite brewers. Just so you know, sitting in this room. So thanks, man. Um, I love it. I really, I really like it a lot. It's a really, really lovely beer. It's more balanced than I thought it would be. Yeah. What do you think of it, Jake? It's delicious. It's tangy, a little spicy. Yeah. This is the first time we've done a live kind of. We we don't do it too often. A live kind of in studio. Food and beer pairing, but this is fun. We're enjoying ourselves. Yeah. We're eating sausages, some of us eating bread, and uh, we'll be back in a few minutes on Beer Sessions Radio. All right. Hi, I'm Dave Arnold, the host of Cooking Issues on the Heritage Radio Network. We all know and love Chinese takeout dishes like General Tso's chicken and egg rolls. But here's the thing. Even though we call it Chinese food, it's not like the food you'd find in China. What's the story behind this cuisine? And how did it become so popular that you can find a Chinese-American restaurant in nearly every town in the country? The answers may surprise you. Visit the Museum of Food and Drink in Brooklyn and see our newest exhibition, Chow, Making the Chinese-American Restaurant. Chow engages visitors with compelling accounts of how Chinese immigrants overcame racism and created Chinese-American cuisine. Discover the science behind the flavors of your favorite takeout dishes, feast on rotating tastings developed by the country's most talented Chinese-American chefs, and try your hand at writing your own fortune, which will be baked into actual cookies by a 1,500-pound fortune cookie machine. What better way to learn, connect, and eat? 
You can visit Chow at the Museum of Food and Drink on Fridays through Sundays from noon to 6. Tickets and more information can be found at mofad.org. Hey, 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 welcome back to Beer Sessions Radio on the Heritage Radio Network. Check us out. We're a nonprofit. You should be a member, too, because there's a lot of cool member benefits going on. I think tomorrow night there's a special tasting and a book event in the backyard of Roberta's, and most people don't get to come out here. Another shout-out, the New York City Hospitality Alliance, which is an important and growing influencer about New York City restaurants and hotels and you know, legislation. Last night was the Alliance Awards. Big winners were Roberta's for Best Restaurant in Brooklyn, Jimmy's number 43 for Raising the Bar for a Bar Hospitality. So that was a pretty cool event. And a big shout-out again, Roberta's and Jimmy's number 43. So, kids, we're talking about grilling and beer pairings, and it's Queen's Beer Week. So, um, you know, Caitlin, you don't eat meat, but you, you're, you're vegan. So you like grains. We're going to talk a little bit about some pairings. What about vegan dogs? Like, do you like a vegan dog? Is it worth making? I love them. Yes, they're definitely worth making, and I think people do them really well. Um, there's a place that's all over Brooklyn where you can get those sausage. Like I, what, didn't, I did not know that Jake's made what, one. Tell us, what are places you like to get vegan food or vegan dogs? Um, Rosa Monday Sausage Grill makes a great one. Uh, I've yet to try Jake's, but I'm looking forward to it. Um, yeah. And Jake, what is your vegan dog? We do a take on a, Frank, a New York-style Frank, so it's seasoned like a Frankfurter, and we've got stewed onion, sauerkraut, mustard. What's, what's the base of it? Uh, Weak gluten. Oh, good. So gluten. So, Jake, you know, we're trying to get you to talk on there because your first time on. <laughs> and it's a challenge. We've got this beautiful plate. I have to describe it. You know, there's like how many? One, two, three, four, five. There are like eight or nine sausages that Jake cooked. The kitchen in Roberta's cooked up for us. Uh, Jake, talk us through. So there's this sausage here on the plate. Set up to go as you'd serve it. So tell me what's on that. That sausage. is our Brooklyn hot link. It's a smoked, spicy Italian sausage with studded with mozzarella cheese. We've got a sweet and tangy tomato sauce on top, and pecorino cheese to garnish it with. Wow, it looks so it's almost like a meatball sandwich, but it's sausage. Yeah, something like that. And where do you come up with your twists on? Like you know, there was one that's. Um, it makes me want to try it. I'm getting my notes here. There's. Uh, the Tokyo chicken sausage, and you've had brisket burnt end sausages. The Tokyo chicken came from my love of Japan. I've spent a lot of time going back and forth, working, traveling, eating my face off. Uh, the double smoked brisket, my barbecue is near and dear to my heart. That's kind of what my stepfather writes about. <clears throat> and what a great way to make a perfect bite of barbecue. You've got the smoked sausage with all the burnt ends right inside. And if you don't mind, who is your stepfather? Stephen Reichlin, uh, Barbecue Bible, Primal Grill, How to Grill. That's cool, man. So you you got some roots there. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> and I know you're, you're good buddies with Dan Salloway, who I know him. He worked and ran the Big Apple Barbecue for many years. So Coming up. Yeah. It's in June. What? June 10th, 11th, I think, or 11th, 12th. Yep. Yeah. And then, Rich, you're talking about flavors, and Caitlin, too. So, you know, we're, we're, we're tasting beer and... Everyone, you know, we've had really good sommeliers on. And talk, there's, like, all these hundreds of years of, you know, language and pairings for wine. But I do, I feel that for Americans, you know, beer and food pairings are new, unless you include, you know, Belgium, where they've, they've had hundreds of years of beer and food pairings. Um, you know, what are the important parts of beer and food pairing? You know, there's things like umamis and flavors. You know, what do you look for? You know, when when you're talking about a beer, if you're going to do a beer and food pairing dinner, let's say at at the brewery, yeah, what what, what would be some like combinations you look for? Well, you know, it's it's funny. I, I 
myself, I kind of gravitate toward maltier beers. And the, the handful of times that my beers were put into food pairings, they were always put at the end paired with a dessert, which I, I thought was a blast, you know, like vanilla porter with some kind of chocolate something or other or uh, a hazelnut brown ale with uh, uh, Kickshaw once did a pan-seared uh, bread pudding and they made a sauce out of the beer. Um, that sounds really good. Yeah, like uh, I've had a few of them, and they always ended up as the, des- the dessert. And um, I just I kind of went crazy for that, you know. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, like more savory items. Um, I guess to pair it with something that's cleaner uh, to kind of clean the palate. Um, you know, IPAs. Uh, you know, a good pale ale if it's not so much going for the on the bitter end. You know, one of you my know. my favorite beers to pair with almost anything are like German wheat beers, German Hefeweizen. I really feel like they're such food food friendly beers. I agree. <clears throat> um, I think wheat beers, I think saisons, Belgian classic Belgian styles go very well with food. I also think it's important to just complement flavors and never overwhelm anything. Um, like you were saying, with a maltier beer, mm-hmm. they definitely go very well with the dessert or, you know, light with light or unless it's an IPA, which those tend to pair really well with spicier foods and there's lots you can do. Sometimes contrasting flavors can also be really interesting. So if you have something like uh, we do a chicken satay sausage with peanut sauce, shallots and cucumbers. So there's a ton of flavor. There's turmeric and coriander and ginger and sambal and chilies all going on in there. Sometimes what you want is something crisp and clean to cut through all that and refresh so that each mm-hmm. bite and each sip yeah. is new and exciting. Yeah, definitely. Kind of like and what, a, what beer would you pair with that? You know, you mentioned Big Alice a little earlier. Uh, Big Alice does a lemongrass pilsner. I think it's bottle conditioned. That goes really well with uh, the chicken satay. Yeah. And uh, Caitlin, tell us one more time of the beer we, we just tried that's yours from Long Island City Beer Project. So that's Foreman Matter. It's a mixed fermentation farmhouse. It's a blend of a rye saison and a uh, one of our cool ship beers, spontaneously fermented beer. So you guys, you know, you're, you're a fairly new brewery. How, how old do you guys know? Like two years? Two years, yeah. Two years. So I always thought of you that way, like saisons, mixed fermentations. Mm-hmm. But you're also making a lot of IPAs. I know that Three's Brewing in Brooklyn did the same kind of thing. They came out saying they were going to make saisons, but they mostly make hoppy pale ales and IPAs. Yeah, I mean, we still make saisons. We're still doing all of that fun experimental stuff. But, um, you know, people want IPAs. And... We make a really good IPA, and for a while we didn't have a hop contract, and now we do, and yeah, making some IPAs. So you might, we'll, you might we'll start always... making saisons first, but then as you get different hop contracts, maybe you can. Yeah, I think every make you know everybody kind of IPAs changes their direction sometimes, and we just we added some hoppy beers, and we're making great yeah. ones. Yeah. I, really, I really love Long Island City Beer Project. Now again, it's like everything you want in the craft beer world. It's like. Wow, there's there's a couple guys and women that you know are working hard and know how to brew, and you guys are growing fast. So, like, what what's the dynamic of, of, of the work? You know, tasks. So there's brewers, there's sales. Just tell us like what people do in this kind of startup brewery. So there's brewers, there's sales, there's tap room, there's drivers, and we all have those specific roles. 
then we also all pool together for other things. Um, I help with a lot of the events. Um, you know, it's it's a, a communal effort. There's no saying no. If we need to clean the tap room one day before I go out, then we need to clean the tap room. If you know, it's just, it's it's a group effort. So you get all hands on deck. Of course, and we we have our roles and we have those tasks that we're specifically designated to complete. But then you know, we're all willing to do whatever. And then you said earlier that for Long Island, for Queens Beer, I want to call it Long Island City Beer Week because you yeah. guys are, but Queens Beer Week, again, what, Richie, 10 breweries in Queens now. Yes. Which is amazing. Um, you said you're going to have a huge event coming up this weekend at Long Island City Beer Project. Oh, yes, I do. Um, we do. Uh, we have. I asked <laughs> her before, so I know what to ask <laughs> Sorry, her. Sorry, I thought you were asking. Yeah. You're good. Um, we're releasing, so we had a beer we released about a year ago called Pile of Crowns that was extremely well received. People have been asking for it, and we're re-releasing Pile of Crowns along with um, a McKellar collaboration uh, called Platinum Plus, which is a spelt IPA, and Scribe and Cannons, double IPA and a 5.5% IPA. Wow, so did, did, did Mikkel actually come to your brewery and make uh, the collaboration? McKellar San Diego did. McKellar San Diego. Yeah. Wow, you guys are so quiet about this. Yeah, well, and it's also we have um, a pretty well-known DJ DJ Stretch Armstrong. He'll be DJing from 3 to 6 at the brewery. Uh, yeah. So this coming Saturday? This coming Saturday, What's the, the 13th. M- May, May 13th. 13th. Uh, Ken release is at noon. DJ from 3 to 6. Kind of celebration all day. Sounds like fun, Jake. Yeah, it's going to be a Sounds lot of like fun. Sounds like a blast. So yeah. Yeah, parents, this one that you just poured yeah. with the peaches would go really well with the ham and cheese. You won't try I, it. I wouldn't, know. <laughs> Do you have any food at, at your brewery, Long Island City Beer Project? We do not, um, but everyone's more than welcome to order food. Um, throughout the summer, we'll have some food trucks here and there. And um, Let me know looking if you want to, to do a pop-up. Yeah. yeah, we do That's pop-ups all say. the time. We should absolutely talk yeah. about that. Jay, is it worth it for you, like going to a brewery and, and, and doing a pop-up, selling food? Yeah, you know, I like being part of the community. And I, I think that beer and sausage goes hand in hand. So it's nice. I'd like to work with a lot of the sausages we make have beer. It'd be nice to work with somebody who's launching a new beer, kind of like use it in the sausage, pair it, kind of like what we were talking about. Yeah, I think it'd be perfect. I think we'll definitely David, what you, David grabbed a sausage. What do you think of it, David? So good. <laughs> it's gone already. I had my brat for us to start. They're good-sized sausages, too. These aren't like little tasty yeah, ones. Yeah, it's no, like ballpark sausages. I mean, I'm, I'm pretty full. Usually I'm here at Roberta's. I'm getting, you know, pizza and pasta. But I might be stuffed, man. <laughs> and how does it work? Like, people are at your place, you know, what do they typically order? Like, how many do people order more than one sausage, more than one beer? You know, do they order a platter of sausages? Depends on what, how they come in, whether they're hungry or thirsty. Usually when they finally get around to food, um, two or three people get a, a sampler. We'll do, like, three choices of whatever sausages you want in three sides or four or five or if you're just drinking and you get a little tipsy a bratwurst what, what sides do you have uh, we do wood roasted carrots we make our own sauerkraut we make our own kimchi we, all of our sides are vegetarian i, I love kimchi so you could have vegan yeah. dog and vegetarian sides i Wish I, I could do right that now. too, Sounds man. Delicious. Wish I had some kimchi right now. <laughs> did you bring any kimchi? I did not. That's what I wanted, Jake. Come on, man. <laughs> He's out. Richie, don't you want kimchi with your sausage? No, absolutely. <laughs> oh yeah. And then Richie, you just poured a beer for us. Uh, tell us about it quickly, and we're gonna take a short break. That's a uh, a smoked red ale that I did for Queens Beer Week. It was we did a fundraiser for uh, 
Friends of Firefighters, mm-hmm. and um, the idea was uh, we were gonna the breweries were gonna collaborate with uh, FDNY. So um, I I brewed a, a batch with uh, three firemen that are uh, close to the brewery, and uh, we called it uh, Smoky Joe Martin versus the Red Devil. And of course, they were reading notes, and I passed them around at the tap room, and uh, you know, told a long-winded story about it, and uh, you know, that's our Queens Beer Week beer. But uh, yeah. it's smoky. Yeah. That's great. Yeah, and did, did uh, Long Island City Beer Products? Did you make a Queens Beer Week beer? We did not. Did not. But you're yeah. making a lot of beers anyway. We make so. yes. And I just at Jimmy's number forty-three this week, you got these guys came out and tasted me. I, I ordered a keg of the Party Crasher. Yeah. Which is a session IPA. Five and a half percent IPA, Citroen Mosaic. So we'll have that on this weekend also. And we also will have a Bridge and Tunnel Bound by Chains Double Rye IPA. So yeah. if you're in Manhattan this weekend, you can come to cool. Jimmy's number 43 and taste some Queens for you. All right, guys, we'll take a short break. We'll be back in a few minutes on Beer Sessions Radio. All right. Woo! Like what you hear? Heritage Radio Network has plenty more. With fresh programming every week, we've got something for everyone. Trying to start your own food business? Concerned about where your food comes from? Looking for the best wine or beer to bring to a party? Find our shows on iTunes or Stitcher, or head to heritageradionetwork.org to listen live and subscribe to our newsletter. Hey, 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 welcome back to Beer Sessions Radio on the Heritage Radio Network. Hey, in New York City, it's Queen's Beer Week, and we're, we're tasting Jake's Handcrafted Sausages and uh, beers from Bridge and Tunnel and Long Island City Beer Project. So it's like, hey, let's celebrate Queen's Beer Week with grilling and, you know, spring's coming, grilling and, uh, and beer. But we also want to talk something serious. So, you know, last week, Wiki Wee got bought by AB InBev, and... You know, my personal feeling sometimes a lot, by the time a lot of places are getting bought, you know, they've already got a marketing machine in place. And I really haven't been drinking their beers for a while. So I personally don't really think too much about it either way because I'm so focused on you guys and trying the new products, whether it's foods and farms, ciders and, and beers that are local. You know, we've met Wicked Weed a few years ago, but, but now Burial Brewing from North Carolina has been in the studio We've had their beers in the city and at Jimmy's number 43. So, you know, I'm not really sure what to make about it. So I want to ask you guys as, as beer professionals, you know, wh- what do you think of just what is craft beer? You know, let's start with that definition because I know there's an official definition. Richie, I bet you have a lot to say about this. Yes, I do. Um, well, I mean, the official definition is that uh, craft beer is independently owned, an independently owned brewery that's not, that's not owned by another but less than non, like twenty nine percent. I think it's 20, 20, under twenty five percent, or twenty five percent is the limit. Anything above that, you're technically, according to the Brewers Association, not considered craft anymore. Um, but you know that definition is not broadly known, and um, I think there's a lot of uh, you know attempts to kind of circumvent that definition. Um, what about the word microbrewery? Remember, everyone used to know what microbrewery was. It was small. Yeah. A lot of the craft breweries are big, like Sam Adams, you know, and even I think Youngling is considered craft. They really set this bar. I don't always want to talk about this kind of macroeconomic side of, of 
beer. But to me, I like I like small. I like knowing my brewer. Um, even Garrett Oliver said that once. Like, I want to know know the brewer, and that kind of defines it. Yeah, what no, do you think, Caitlin? I agree with you on that too. I know that there's like official definitions, but to me, it's kind of small batch, artisanal, good ingredients, good beer, well made, good beer. Like, I, I like going to a restaurant where I know the chef. You know, maybe they have a couple restaurants, but I still think it's better when they have one restaurant, and you know, you, you can see the owner. And those places I like to go, and I feel the same about the beer. I want beer that that's small and local, and personal. Right. Well, I don't know what what kind of beers you're carrying at at Jake's Handcrafted. Are you carrying anything that's a macro? You all like smaller breweries, local breweries. We have a couple <clears throat> macro breweries, like some that are just like heavy lifters. But for the most part, we try and stay very local. Like even if we're going to use somebody bigger, that's kind of straddles it, like Six Point. We'll only buy stuff that's produced in Red Hook. Like we're not buying stuff that they're doing. Somewhere else, yeah, yeah. Well, that's it. Maybe that's all. I didn't really want to have that conversation, but it's also like it, it's news and it's current. But it's been building for the last couple of years. And uh, like I said, for well, me, it's, my, it's, my gut is when you know I'm, I'm a small bar, and you know when I haven't really bought someone's beer in a while, but they've been growing and marketing. To me, it's kind of like, well, I guess that's that's their goal, and they should get that. You know, if you're gonna. Expand and grow. That's your role. But I want to find the, the new guys and, and the small local people, and that's what I like to drink. Yeah. See, like, the bigger picture, I think, is um, that a lot of people like that it kind of, like, it's happening, but it's not really being advertised so much if you're not following it closely, is that, you know, like, there's kind of a difference between breweries that contract batches to expand their volume and this buyout of select breweries with this attempt to take over the market, you know, because the companies that are buying, you know, these these high-end breweries, as they're calling them, high-end microbreweries, are also buying um, supply chains for ingredients. So now they have the opportunity to, they have the ability to drop their prices to the point where microbreweries can't compete with them because not only do they they can they can take a loss on their brewery projects for indefinite periods of time and and put the rest of us out of business. Sam Adams recently had he in an interview he he complained about the techniques of InBev and uh, um, Miller Coors and then they went on the attack against him and said, well, you know, you just basically jealous about the fact that your own numbers are down and that, you know, there's five, over 5,000 breweries now and, you know, the numbers just don't add up and your, your sales are softening. But the reality is that it's a threat really to all of us. I mean, it, to, to say it point blank, it's a, it's a threat to every microbrewery. It doesn't matter what size we are. No, that, that supply chain is, is probably one of the most interesting points. I've They're heard. taking over the homebrew supplies as well. Homebrews as well. Yeah. But basically things like it's, it's good specialty malts. Yeah. It's hops. hops, hop, hop, hop fields, where you can, where they can produce their own hops, and basically now there's no middleman, and now you, ha- you know, you're reducing your cost further and further down to where, like, let's say, if you want to say, okay, you know what, this year we're going to drop the cost of, you know, so-called craft beer down to X amount per keg, and we're just going to wait and see what happens, and little by little, it's happened in other industries, you know, I mean. Years ago, I had a clothing business, and the same thing happened. 
You know, the bigger companies can drop their prices indefinitely just to knock out the competition. And once the competition is done, then they have control. And, I mean, let's face it. I mean, we're all in a situation where, like, we all want to kind of work for ourselves or work for a small company, have something personal. What's at stake is will we will us and other industries have that future or are we all going to be consumed again, cannibalized again, and all end up just employees of macro companies all over again. The little movement that we started could collapse, and we're not even out of the cradle yet. I don't think it will. I think this is um, a really great community. I think everyone really supports it's everybody else. And it. I think the consumer also has separated the two. I think the consumer will always be there for the smaller breweries. At least at this moment. Let's taste one more like local crap. Did you bring any beers, Jake? Uh, we brought some from Interborough. Let's pop one. Yeah, I think there's a fridge right over there. You gotta get. And um, you know, I'm a big fan of local beers too. There's so many. So there's ten breweries now in Queens. Let's get the list one more time, since we're celebrating Queens Beer List. Yeah, that means Beer Week and local uh, right craft yeah. beers. Big Alice, Bridge and Tunnel, Descendant, Fifth Hammer, Finback, Iconic, Long Island City Beer Project, Rockaway. Single cut and transmitter. That's ten of us right there. And Fifth Hammer is going to be a big one when it opens, right? Because as our good buddy Chris Kuzme, host of Ferment About It on Heritage Radio Network, we've been waiting for Chris a long time. Good luck, Chris Kuzme. We love you, man. He uh, really made a name when he was at Five Weight Gastro Brewery in Manhattan a few years ago, and uh, he went from another one that went from uh, home brewer to uh, you know pro brewer. So um, this is pretty great beer. So in- Interboro. We love Jesse, so you, you know you're, you're a sausage shop, but you have beer. So, do, do do you rotate your beers a lot, or you tend to have the same standards? We rotate a lot, and we look for small people like you guys, Jesse, that are doing fun, interesting things, moving the needle, rethinking what's traditional, and kind of moving it into the 21st century. And that's kind of like what really jazzes us about the beers. Let's have so our favorite beers from Bridge and Tunnel. And the Long City Beer Project. So, my favorite beer from Bridge and Tunnel for many years has been the Hazelnut Brown. Yeah. Um, what's the be- root to that? Because I've had English people come <clears throat> in and they say, there's a nut brown ale, which some of us know from England. And what's the use of nuts in that beer? Because it's not sweetening. When I hear like pecan porter that Iconic makes, or even think hazelnut, you, when we hear nuts as Americans, we think it's going to be sweet. Yeah. But going back to England, there's a long tradition of using nuts in a brown ale, and it's a dry beer. Yeah, it, I mean, it adds it adds kind of a toast, toasty, roasty kind of presence. Um, but it's a brown ale, southern style English brown ale. Um, you know that I tweak the edges here and there with uh, you know types of yeast that I use for it, and um, it's you know it's it is what it is. It's got that. You know that kind of interesting aroma. We're actually going to be canning it soon. We're uh, we're going to have a small run of it in the the um, can jam in, at Rockaway on Saturday for the first time. Is that going to be all Queens cans? Yeah, yeah, it's all Queens. Wow. all Queens cans. Um, and for off premise, right? So you can I buy the so. cans. To yeah, go. yeah. buy the cans to go. And again, if you guys long on beer, what's your your number one beer in terms of like popularity or what people buy the most? Um, I, I'd say in popularity. Uh, well, our number one beer selling out of the tap room is Arden Core, which is our our kind of flagship beer. It's a saison. Um, our IPAs. It's like what? Six percent? Seven percent? Six and a half percent. And <clears throat> our IPAs have been doing really, really well. Um, 
for me, I think my favorite beer I've ever had from them is Dulcinea, the first spontaneously fermented beer that we came out with. Have you no, had a chance to I try haven't. it? And Party Crash is good, too, this session. Yeah, Party Crash is great so beer. For, for you, what is it, I haven't really had a chance to t- talk about your taste room as much. Yeah. What is your taste room like? Like, how many taps? Are you doing can releases? We have, I think, nine taps, maybe eight. Um, we're open Wednesday through Sunday. We do can releases. Um, it always depends, but probably, like, every three weeks at this point. Um, yeah. So what, what's, is there a Queens Beer Week tour? Like if it's a passport book. Yeah. But but what's a what's a good route to take? So like if I start in Long Island City or in, in Astoria, what's the best way to visit all of the Queens breweries? Or is it even possible in one day? Because Queens is the it's possible. Huge. Well, we're all Western Queens, so you know it's the there's the Long Island City <clears throat> cluster, and now what's becoming the cluster in the Ridgewood Glendale area. Um, it's just the the issue of crossing that. Divide. There's no public transportation. Right. Yeah. Right, which kind of has always been what has messed up those two parts of Queens. There's like Maspeth that has no subways, you know, so you can spend two hours on a on two buses to get over to the tap room. Yeah, I know. know. Well, I live in Ridgewood, which is like three miles from the brewery, but it takes me an hour on a train. I have to go into Manhattan, back to Queens. From Queens, Manhattan, back to Queens. So I think there might be a bus. So do you need two days to visit all the breweries in Queens? Maybe a bicycle. A bicycle or just be a little ambitious, maybe an Uber. No, no Uber. Yeah, no. And Jake, let's say you had to put together, Jake's going to serve his sausage at every brewery in Queens. Did you ever think about something crazy like that? Sure. Next time you guys should do that. You could still do it this weekend. Is there a brewery in Queens you really want to go to? I want to go to your brewery. <laughs> nice. Could you set up out front and just grill his sausages? Yeah, actually, we're going to try to do something like that in a, in a couple of weeks. We have a, a mug club, and uh, we, owed, we owe everybody two parties for the year. And we got them, everybody has T-shirts, but part of the idea is that we want to have some food. We're just, talk, we're just starting that process now. We're doing a pop-up at Interborough on the 25th of May. And we're talking about doing pop-ups at uh, Big Alice in June on the weekends. But like I said, beer and sausage, it just works. And we're totally mobile. Sure. Right on. And then nitty-gritty of sausage makes. So do, you, do you make all your sausages at your shop? Yes. Yeah. But as you grow, will you be able to do that? Or do you think you have to make them somewhere else one day? We have to. If we want to sell to other restaurants or if we want to, like if... Long, Long Island City has their own food program, and they want to buy our sausages and not have us do a pop-up. We have to do it at a USDA facility. So, yes. But the way we're doing it is I'm finding kind of like small people that are USDA. It's the same as the craft breweries. It's like a gypsy brewer. I'm looking for people that will let me come in, work with them, and do it exactly the way that we do it. So I'm making our product with them. Following the law. And Caitlin, Long Island City Beer Party. So you, you're out there, you're doing sales, you know a lot of accounts. Yes. Can you, I want to go to Queens this weekend, but I want to go to like a bar or a restaurant. Is there a good place that sells Long Island City Beer Project that I should visit? In Queens, uh, there's a there's a bunch. Most, I've been focusing a lot on Brooklyn recently. Um, like there's... More accounts in Brooklyn. Tell which me is one, one place funny. to go in Queens. Um, get lo- anywhere, Queens or Brooklyn, where I can get um, Long Island City beer projects. Oh, there's so many. 
in Queens and Astoria, you can go to Oliver's. I know they just tapped Cannons um, in Brooklyn. Cannons is the Imperial IPA. Yes. So, in- so Oliver's, and I've been there. What's the stop? That's like right on Astoria, right? Yes. That's a great place. Yeah. And Richie, where else? Uh, you know, you sell most of your beer out of the tap room. Tell me another place where I could go to get Bridge and Tunnel this weekend, besides Jimmy's number 43. Yeah, both locations of uh, Astoria Beer and Cheese. Um, the alcove in Sunnyside, uh, handful of places, you know. Uh, you know, when Queensbury first started, it, it was this guy Daniel Bronson at Crimson yeah. and was it Crimson and Cr- Crescent, Crescent and Vine, and, and now he's with Single Cut. Yeah, but back yeah. then it was he got more bars involved. But now there's right. so many breweries in Queens; it's unbelievable. Yeah, well, we kind of talked about that when we first met for this year, and um, I guess the idea was. You know we're gonna we're gonna try to put together an event uh, a week and have it open for whoever wants to participate. So there are some some bars that are in the mix, but it was kind of like this: no pressure. If you want to be part of it, come on board and we'll have a party. And uh, Crescent and Vine is in the mix. They're uh, they're doing a um, there's going to be an event there for uh, un- like bad untapped reviews, which I think is really funny. All breweries can relate to that because. I think a lot of people don't don't realize how closely the breweries follow the the comments and the ratings on Untapped. So it's, it's brewers reading their bad Untapped reviews, right? With like a jazz band in the background. <laughs> Who organized that? That is cool. Dan did. Dan Bronson, man. Yeah. And I was made fun of. Him. I was called a Crimson and Sparrow, but it's actually Crescent and Vine. So. Yeah. All right, man. This was fun. I'll get a couple of shout outs. Um, events coming up. Uh, our friends from Taste New York, you know, New York State Wine, Beer, Cider, and Spirits will be featured May 24th at the Taste New York Experience. You know, not all the New York City producers are there because they really made a point of, you know, bringing in all far flung New York State counties and regions. So, you know, there's there's from Western New York and upstate New York, there's producers, and there's some from New York City. But check it out. It's a Taste New York experience. Just look it up online. That's May 24th, really great event. And our event, May 27th to kick off summer, the Great Brooklyn Grill Out, uh, cookoutnyc.com, downtown Brooklyn. we got some chefs like George Motz cooking his Motz burger and some great ciders and beers. So uh, that's all I have to say, guys. One more time, everybody say their name and uh, th- their group. Jake from Jake's Handcrafted. Rich Castagna, Bridge and Tunnel Brewery. And Caitlin from LIC Beer Project. Thanks to Jake, Rich, and Caitlin for joining me here on the Heritage Radio Network. I'm Jimmy Carboni. Thanks to our producer, Justin Kennedy, and our intern, Hillary Fasten, and our engineer, David Tattasher. We'll catch you next time on Beer Sessions Radio. All right. All right. Woo. All right. Yeah. Woo. <laughs> listening to heritage radio network food radio supported by you for our freshest content and to hear about exclusive events subscribe to our newsletter enter your email at the bottom of our website heritageradionetwork.org connect with us on facebook instagram and twitter at heritage underscore radio heritage radio network is a non-profit organization driving conversations to make the world a better fairer more delicious place And we couldn't do it without support from listeners like you. Want to be a part of the food world's most innovative community? Rate the shows you like, tell your friends, and please join our community by becoming a member. Just click on the beating heart at the top right of our homepage. Thanks for listening.